I just hit the microphone. Welcome to the podcast podcast. I'm Don and I'm out of practice and across from me is Scott and he's in practice. No, not really. No. Um, so for you guys, it's been two weeks. For us, it's been um, two months. Uh, pretty much, right? I don't know. We might have met one or twice within that two months, but it's it's been a while. The whole month of May was out. Yeah. And now it's June. Close to mid-June. And it feels like September outside. Yeah. Because it's cold today. 60-some degrees, but it feels good. It, I don't know, man. I was, I was at work all day. Oh, that's true. Some of us aren't school teachers that get the whole time off. Well, I did, I, I, I've had some surgery, so I was inbound most of the day, but I uh, went for a walk partway through the day. So Nice. Yeah. Oh, today? Mm-hmm. All right. So are you like on restriction? Uh, well, I wasn't supposed to drive the first part of the day, but the second part of the day I was allowed to. Wait, did you have the surgery today? Yesterday. Oh. Uh-huh. Wow. Wait on a second. I'm turning on a timer. Cause okay. I've, I set up my bars. So I'm trying a new recording technique. And I forgot to do everything correctly. So I'm hitting a timer so that we don't go over. How do I use this thing? I guess I use the stopwatch because the timer won't do it. But but yeah, <laughs> so we, 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 haven't, Sorry. we haven't met in a while um, yeah. due to all kinds of different things. And so... Baseball, um, mostly baseball. Mostly baseball, yeah. Two, two kids playing baseball. Some work things, I think, for yeah. both of us, actually. Was I, was I out of town? Did I go to... Where I did I go? I left town, but then I had graduation... Oh, I went to, yeah, I went to North Carolina Okay. for like a day, literally. It took me three days to do a one-day trip. Are you serious? I had to get there Monday night, train on Tuesday all day, and then fly home Wednesday morning. Oh. Or something like that. Or maybe I I can't remember. It was dumb. (laughs) That's how I really feel about it. (laughs) It's great, like, but somebody paid essentially to have me come out there for eight hours and i'm like dude we could have probably done better if we had done phone calls oh well you could have you probably could've, you could have gotten more out of that with with technology there's there's so many things oh, yeah, that you we, would be able to do we use like all sorts of like skype go-to meeting kind of tools but they yeah. paid for it so we gave it to them all right i my name was called i was the one on that project that had to do it i was gonna say they could put your big head on a screen and like be like my name is don i just and did a i did today i did an hour with a client via the web and I just showed my screen to yeah. them and I mean I do that all the time but they wanted they paid for eight hours of hands on. Okay. I was like, all righty. Well I mean if they if you're got money then go for it. Yeah. That's why your tuition is so high, kids. <laughs> but what what do I know? I just work for the company that takes your money. <laughs> well, it it gives you a, a nice dinner. No. Yeah, I had. Well, kind of. Okay, kind of. Because this is this was a part of North Carolina where there is like nothing else. Oh, okay. It was like I landed at an airport and it flew me to another airport, (laughs) (laughs) and that flight was twenty minutes. Oh wow! It's like plane take off, plane land, (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, I had to drive forty five minutes from the airport to get to the town. Oh my god. And gosh. the whole the whole drive was farmland and swampland and stuff like that. So cows and sharks or not sharks? sharks. <laughs> Alligators maybe. Alligators, that's what I meant. Sharks. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's sharks. Uh, there would have been something to worry about there. Yeah, actually I would have taken pictures. Well, Sharknado is a thing, right? Well, I I was like, so what hotels do you guys recommend cuz I was trying to get their recommendation cuz it's their money. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's only one hotel in town. So, oh. one hotel it was. Okay. But yeah, it was so yeah, you didn't really get to choose. Did no, it have a pool? 
I don't. Oh, it had an outdoor pool, but it wasn't open yet. They didn't okay. open till uh, Memorial Day. Oh, okay. And I was there before then. Oh, bummer. So, Probably it was. Cool. I did. It was. Uh, it would be like forty-five degrees in the morning, but it'd be like seventy-five in the afternoon. Ooh. And uh, during the time that I was there, like back here, we were having one of those colder, like highs in the upper fifties kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I texted my wife. I was like, "We could just come here. Hmm. Like, I, it's podunk, but I, you know." South and North Carolina. Uh, north. Okay. North, but as close to south as you're probably going to get. I mean, this place is probably, gosh, the guy told me. I want to say it was only 45 minutes from South Carolina. Oh, wow. Okay. Because uh, one of the guys worked in North Carolina, but lived in South. So he was commuting. So it couldn't have been too bad. No, no, no. But So um, would it be close to the mountains then? No. Oh, okay. No, it was an hour and a half from the ocean. Okay. But I can't remember how far from that i don't really know i don't think i looked it up okay there's like there's nothing to do there like there's no no experience to be had there's no oh. like oh yeah well i'm here i should check out the nothing oh no see i, I couldn't do that i, I was, couldn't do that i don't know man it's warm you hour and a half from the ocean with nothing yeah, oh, to do right. hour and a half here does not get you to an ocean that's true that's fair an hour and a half here doesn't even get you to the mountains no an hour and a half gets you when we go to red river gorge is that two hours about two hours okay so imagine instead of that you'd be like ocean trip okay so but how often do we get to go out to the out to red river gorge well you and i go once a year but if we go here in ocean my family would go pretty often yeah oh, okay oh yeah not gonna lie <laughs> i think yeah see if i if i live south like florida or someplace like that um i would have to live near the ocean the humidity and the bugs inland no nah, I, I couldn't i don't think i could do you know i like i don't like the bugs part of it i'm definitely with you on that but i don't understand people that get mad at the humidity Mm -hmm. because humidity has a max so humidity when it's a hundred percent here it's the same as a hundred percent in florida and once the dew points start getting up there it's gonna feel cruddy so 87 degrees and a hundred percent humidity here in ohio is just as bad as 87 degrees and 100% humidity in Florida. I didn't say I liked the humidity here either. <laughs> I just say, people, I, I've heard that argument many times, and I'm like, if you had Ohio summers, like July, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's he, until August 20th. But we got Kings Island and the city pool. True. <laughs> we, we took a pool pass this year. We got one in Middletown. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. But we, I'm on it. We subscribe to the city pools, which is dirt cheap. You can get six six members for like under a hundred dollars for a month or the entire summer. Oh man, we got uh-huh. ripped. I wouldn't oh, even yeah. tell you what we paid. <laughs> and then we got it's King- cheaper than Kings Island. Okay. Oh, that's but but you have a family of six thousand, so like right. Um, that's a little bit. Wow. Which okay. we've used that Kings Island Pass already enough to have it pay for itself mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, we've used it a bunch too. And that's not even including when we went around Christmas. We haven't... Well, I guess our last year's pass was around Christmas. So yeah. we, we haven't been to the water park. It's been too cold to be swimming in the pool or the water park. We haven't touched the even Yeah, we haven't. I Well, this summer I've only been there twice. Kings Island or the water park? Kings Island. We got the inside <clears throat> scoop from one of the workers there. Uh-huh. He said uh, Sundays are the deadest days. Really? Yeah. And I was surprised too, but he said, he, he's like, yeah, he's like, Sundays are like our most boring days here. Wow. So I went on, thir- I went on Thursday 
eat afternoon one day and had Sadessa and I just walked on everything. Nice. I was just like, bloop, bloop, well, bloop. yeah, I think he was, yeah. <clears throat> I think he was talking to us like based on, you know, like his experience, maybe he only works weekends. I don't know, but yeah, we, we haven't been there when it's been too busy. Okay. Yeah. Really. So far we haven't, at least this year we haven't. Yeah. So I don't get to go as much. I, I have a real job. So anyway, yeah, I don't. Um, no. Well, so with that, I get summers <laughs> off. Um, and all the teachers got mad and unsubscribed. Yep. <laughs> hey guys. So with that, um, we are on uh, twenty-seven of Deuteronomy. Um, of Deuteronomy. 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 Dude, Deuteronomy. I don't know. E. Yeah, I, I I didn't know where to go from there. I was I was I was trying to take it, but I couldn't. Um, so with that, um, we will probably get through uh, chapter twenty-seven today. Um, and now that I said that, we probably won't, but we right. probably will. You know, I can talk about stuff for hours. Right. So, even we'll, if I don't know anything. So, we'll, we'll kind of see kind of how this goes. Um, so, we'll start off with Deuteronomy chapter seven. We'll, we'll go one through eight. Yes. And, and, and just a quick warning for uh, people listening. Yeah, we have had a long period of time, so we're out of practice. So right. Uh, welcome to our out of practice podcast. All right. So, here we go. Now Moses and the elders of the Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep the whole commandment that I command you today. And on the day you cross over the Jordan, the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall set up large stones and plaster them with plaster, and you shall write on them all the words of this law when you cross over to enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord the God of your fathers has promised you. And when... You have crossed over the Jordan. You shall set up these stones concerning which I command you today on Mount Ebal, and you shall plaster them with plaster. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, uh, an altar of stones. You shall wield no iron tool on them. You shall build an altar to the Lord your God of uncut stones, and you shall offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God, and you shall sacrifice peace offerings and shall eat there, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, and you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Amen. All right. So we got a lot of stones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could have taken... The rolling stones, we have the no, uh, we have the plaster stones. <laughs> All right, we have so sword in the stone. Yeah, sword in the stone. We've got kidney stones. Apparently a lot of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so did you get anything on this or not a whole lot. My commentary was mostly concerned with method. Okay. Uh and it was very concerned with the way they would cover the stones with plaster and write on them in ink. Okay. Um, and how that was uh very common Egyptian practice. That's what I was read too. Yeah. Yeah. And how, uh, the, I was trying to find a line between like the permanence of carving it into the stone, which obviously would have taken a while, would not have been as easy. Et right. Cetera. Um, it would have mimicked like the 10 commandments possibly, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I couldn't really find a whole lot on that either, which I was kind of hoping, I guess I was trying to draw connections in my head that weren't necessarily there. Unless so, Christopher Wright says something else. So Christopher Wright said that um, it was kind of that idea that if the covenant was going to endure, they needed to find a, a, a good permanent way to preserve the law and, and, and the, those type of things. And so this, I, I don't know the, the difference between the way that they did the Ten Commandments versus the way that they did this. Um, but it was ultimately, I think, supposed to leave some sort of permanence in um, 
in the law and, and in a way to show its importance and, and its everlasting or, or needing to be an everlasting type of written down law for people to go ahead and obey. Um, but he didn't say how long. Um, he just said it was kind of a way of preserving the law so that people knew how to obey the commands. Uh, yeah, there's. I was trying to see if there's anything. Um, oh, they did make mention that the. Where, where was it? Sorry, go on. Oh, so I did find it interesting that that he addressed now Moses and the elders of the Israel commanded the people. So like up to this point, there was a lot of Moses, but I thought it interesting that it was Moses and the elders this time. And and I didn't I don't think it really found anything that that mentioned why that was. But I was just wondering, well, Moses is probably well, he's not he's not going to cross over. Right. So I was like wondering if this is like a starting of a transfer of leadership into not just Moses, but but other people taking some ownership in it. No, no name drop on Joshua there. No, no. (laughs) Joshua doesn't get a shout out. So but I mean, obviously, he clearly later on takes charge and that, and that sort of thing. But but still, the old elders are going to play a very important role within Israel. Um, whether they do a good job or not is a whole different story, but but they're at least going to play a pretty we significant ne- role. We could never do a judge's podcast. No, we could not. I'd love to, but we couldn't. <clears throat> I was looking at my daughter's like, so when my daughter got baptized, they gave her a live action, or not a live action, uh, <laughs> the superhero action comic book Bible or something. Oh, yeah. My uh, my boy had that, or has that still. He reads it quite a bit. Okay. He loves it. My daughter's a girly girl and could care less. Yeah, um, he, got, he comes to me and goes, Dad, there's a lot of blood in this. <laughs> like, oh, you're in the Old Testament. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I looked for Deuteronomy. <laughs> it, it skips the whole book of Deuteronomy. Does so, it really? It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking today for some huh. odd reason, just because I saw it on my daughter's floor. And you're like, quick study notes. What do they got? I was like, yeah, <laughs> nothing on Deuteronomy. Um, but yeah, I need to look at Judges and kind of see what it's got there. But yeah, Judges definitely, yeah, we'd have to go in the, well, what do you mark that as? So you did a Judges one? Oh, that would be a, a like a not safe Rated for work or, or yeah, explicit. Yeah, uh-huh. that would definitely be, that would have to be like our other podcast. Like The other podcast. It'd be like. Judges or so, I, yeah, that'd have to be a whole separate ordeal. Yeah, the rated R version. Yeah, it'd be like a different domain, a different <laughs> everything, like different iTunes listing. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah. So, but, what, do you, what do you have about iron tools? Um, actually, I don't think I have anything for iron tools. Being in the, because he says no iron uh, tool, you shall wield no. Blah, 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 blah. Verse five. You know, I did not get anything for that actually. I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to find that did as well. You? Like, why? Because I know the uh, Philistines mm-hmm. uh, were basically the ones who would introduce uh, iron and its many use- uses. So, is iron more of a pagan thing or more of a no. not Israel thing? It was. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I guess they're using an Egyptian technique. So, I mean, I, I don't. Talk amongst yourselves a second. <laughs> so I did yeah, I didn't get anything on that. However, I, I did find it interesting that at least in verse eight he said, And you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very plainly. So Yeah, that's it, a it, lot. it's one of those that it's a lot of rocks. Yeah. Um or a lot of, sorry, a lot of large stones covered with plaster. But but I mean I guess it shows the importance of the law and, and that nothing really should be left out, but but it should all be there. Um I did. I did put that. When is this? When does this need to take place? Um, so once again, um, especially right now, Moses is kind of starting to not wind things down, but I guess 
they're they're getting ready to enter and so um ultimately this needs to be done when when you cross the jordan into the land that the lord your god is giving to you so that's the the promised land that that they're sending them into so um yeah so this is when when that needs to be done yeah so the uh biggest thing about the iron tools that people come up with not saying that they have a lot of like this isn't proven or not proven but it's the theory being that um carving rock with metal blades and stuff like that could be part of the canaanite religions Mm -hmm. um and they would have been very adept at it so they wouldn't want to have to call in somebody that was good at it from the outside but that's like the only speculation okay like there's not a lot yeah there's not a lot based on that i'm just as to why they why they did that or anything yeah what the prohibition was for i there's not a whole lot of like i said grisanti was mostly uh interested in writing it down plaster on plaster and that he doesn't have a lot into which usually he's pretty good at that but so did he talk about anything significant or was it mostly just the permanence of what it is that they were doing or oh what the reason they did yeah, it? Why was actually it so... his, his theory was that um what was that uh, my computer just told me that it was no longer able to scan oh, okay um the uh while there's permanence to it it will fade and would force a rewriting of the law which would force a relearning of the law and kind of the repetition Okay. Um, as opposed to carving the law into stone, which would have like stuck around more permanently here. New people would be rewriting it, relearning it every few generations. Oh, really? Okay. So that's the only, like his only difference. Okay. And I'm sorry, I'm moving around. I have, we're talking about back pain and now here it came back. Oh. I'm going to start bringing a pillow. <laughs> Sit on it. I got smiley face pillow. Yeah. That's oh, about all I got right now. I'm reaching for it. <laughs> um, I did have, um, so in five through seven, um, he did mention that the the writing down uh, of these commands and and all of that and the plastering thing um, really comes down to it. It was also surrounded by worship, mm-hmm. um, so they spent time rejoicing. Um, you you see that God ge- God really commands His people a lot of times throughout Deuteronomy to rejoice. This is one of those situations. Um, There are two types of worship mentioned. One of them was a burnt offering. And uh, it was kind of mentioned that this burnt offering would have been more of a vertically aligned type of sacrifice, um, being more focused towards God. Oh, yeah, vertically aligned. Sounds like a band. (laughs) And then... The um, new single by vertically aligned. (laughs) And then the fellowship offering, so being the sequel band, horizontally aligned, would be (laughs) um, more of the sharing meat amongst the community, uh, more of a community type of rejoicing. So really there was worship in both both of those offerings um, as they were writing down these commands and, and, and preparing for um, going into the, the land that was flowing with milk and honey that, that, the, God, that the Lord our God is giving us. So, um, yep, that's all I got for... Uh, yeah, which just if you look at some of the stuff we've already discussed, that really does align with a lot of worship. Mm-hmm. technique and practice so. absolutely so next week worship service plaster and stone i was like i ain't I, I ain't doing sacrifices bro <laughs> why not i want nothing to do with having to kill animals and have blood all over oh and christ fulfilled the law <laughs> but the fellowship offering you get to eat together dude i'll go to the store we'll pick up some steaks we'll throw them on the grill <laughs> <laughs> somebody else will do the hard work okay that's fair um so dude a quick travesty mother's day we were making kebabs and like 
there are some people that were over mm-hmm. that one of their bobs, like the steak on the kebabs, uh-huh. like medium well. Medium what? Why would you ruin a steak like that? I, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that has to have like a bloody piece or whatever. But I'm like, it's got to be pink in the middle. Yeah, you got to have some juiciness yeah, behind it. And I was, I was like, really, I'm gonna ruin like, dude, I had to cook them so long, the freaking wood burnt. What? I was like, I picked one up and the, like three of them stayed behind. Like, oh no, because <laughs> it just broke off. I was like, this is not biblical. No, it's not at all. This is not. Well, actually, cooking. <laughs> actually, maybe it was. It's probably more biblical than the way <laughs> <Yeah>. you ate it. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. I put a few to the side. Like it's just a little bit harder to rejoice if there's no pink in the middle, right? I mean, because then it's just yeah. I'm sorry. About and all that. the vegetarians have unsubscribed along with all the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we are down to us. All right, so yeah, the carnivores are here. <laughs> sorry, so, but yeah, we can. We we'll can. offend them by the end of the day. Yes. So all right. <clears throat> Um, so 27, chapter 27 of Deuteronomy 9 through 10 says this: The curses from Mount. Then Moses and the Levitical priest uh, said to all Israel, keep you, silence. You interrupted me. I'm sorry. Carry on. Go on, Mount Ebal. Yeah, okay. Keep silence and hear, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. You shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God, keeping his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. All right. Um, so. Oh, you're stopping right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll go through 13. Yeah, you're fine. That day Moses charged the people, saying, When you have crossed over the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount uh, Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, uh, Levi, Judah, Issachar, uh, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse, Reuben, Gad, Asher, uh, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice, so we'll get to the <laughs> cursed stuff in just a minute. Yeah, you're good. So I thought you were going to read the whole thing, but that's fine. So yeah. let's talk about before we get into that. So reaffirming the basic covenant relationship, um, uh, Israel has become God's people. Um, he's given them the gift of the land. Um, Israel is now supposed to obey. Hence, they just wrote down or plastered all kinds of stuff being the, the commands on rocks or stones, large stones. And now, um, I guess with Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, um, he now has, um, I guess, almost like a, um, what, what do you call that? A An object lesson of sort, where if you look out into the distance, you would see both of these mountains um, next to each other. And one of them represents, uh, what was it? One of them represents blessing, and the other one represents cursing or curses. And so I think it's supposed to be kind of one of those reminders on a day-to-day um, basis. When you pass these two mountains, um, are you going to be obedient um, and loyal to God or are you not? Um, and so almost like a conscious decision. And we'll, we'll kind of have in just a minute where the, where the Levites are going to say something in a really loud voice. Um, <laughs> but I was curious as Sorry. to who, how... I don't know. Some of them got to stand on the cursing mountain and the other one had to stand on the blessing mountain. How'd they decide who got the the, the bad mountain? Are you asking this rhetorically or do you actually have an answer? No, no, I have no answer. I'm just very curious. Because it's like, here's the people that's going to go stand on the the mountain, Mount Gerizim, to bless the people. And these shall stand on Mount uh, Ebal for the curse. Um, uh, Let's see here. 
Unless you got an answer, because I don't have well, an answer for that. The tribes who echo the blessing are Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. Uh, they have their tribal allotments in the heart of the land. I'm reading this straight out. Okay. And descend from Rachel and Leah, uh, Jacob's legitimate wives. Those echoing the curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali, have their tribal allotments <coughs> Excuse me, at the fringe of the land. Four of these tribes descended from Jacob's handmaidens, uh, Bilhah and Zilpah. Dude, we have such better names nowadays. Yeah, we do. While the other two are Leah's oldest and youngest <coughs> sons, Reuben, who lost his birthright, and Zebulun, who just gets lumped in. <laughs> <laughs> in analyzing these tribal groupings, some scholars emphasize <clears throat> the material relationships of the tribes. Uh, others, Other interpreters emphasize the geographical proximity to the land uh, allotments within each group with the tribes assigned to the to the Mount Ebal receiving territory in the north and east of the promised land while the tribes assigned to Mount Gerizim, Ger, Geriz, Gerizim, Mount G uh, settling Ooh, in the Mount south G. and the west. Insufficient contextual evidence makes this final conclusion elusive. Um, I, I was wondering what the tribal separation between mm-hmm. the people were. Uh, the one thing I found interesting is that and correct me if I'm wrong. Don't most talk about the division between Joseph's two sons as opposed to Joseph himself? Yes. Like Manasseh. And like, I always, so I thought that was kind of interesting, but there's nothing on that in there. They don't care about. No. That yeah. lack of divvy. But yeah, that's a, I guess like the, the blessings being from the legitimates and the, uh, illegitimates and Zebulun <laughs> 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 and uh, Reuben, the birthright trader, um, you know, being the other side that that's kind of interesting, but that could be conjecture. Yeah. Cause but th- it, it does seem kind of intentional when you look at it with those groupings, mm-hmm. like when you're trying to find the similarities, except for poor Zebulun. Yeah. Whatever he did. Like he did something that, I mean, he doesn't really have like a big story. No. That, you know, so they just put him with uh, the curse. Zebs, man. Poor Zebs. Know. Serious? He's like, you're not notable in any way. And <laughs> Go then on the other <laughs> Go on the other You get the mountain. curse mountain. Yeah. No <laughs> wonder they're looking around like, oh, yeah, we're here with... Wait a minute. What are we doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing with these losers? <laughs> Wrong mountain. <laughs> I don't know. We just had to split them even. <laughs> <laughs> Equal teams. Your land's over there in the south. You're fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. And then what do they do there? They blessed and cursed it. like, uh, Well, in a loud voice. Yes. When you crossed over, okay. And the Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice. All right, well, let's go ahead and find out what he declared to them in a loud Let, voice. Let's curse some people. All right. Um, but I'm just checking the time, and I have a kid with an ear infection, so I'm checking text message, too. Sorry, uh, go on. Okay. Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord, a thing made by the hands of a craftsman, and sets it up in secret, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be oh. anyone who dishonors his father or his mother, and all this people shall say, Amen. Cursed be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be anyone who misleads a blind man on the road, and all the people shall say, What's up with that? Oh, I mean, Amen. 
We need to go back to the scriptures. <laughs> Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Did you guys hear a theme here? Cursed <laughs> be anyone who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's nakedness, and all the people shall say, What the heck? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll, I'll second that amen. <laughs> Cursed be anyone who lies with any kind of animal, and all the people shall say, You. Amen. Yep. <laughs> Cursed be anyone who lies with his sister, whether the daughter of his father or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, only in Kentucky. Amen. All right, now we just lost Kentuckians. Yeah, and there goes Cursed Noah. be anyone who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be anyone who strikes down his neighbor in secret, and all the people shall say, What about in public? I mean, amen. And cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. All right. There's a lot of amens there. So, amen. I know that probably everybody that listens to this podcast knows it, but basically, amen is the way of saying, I am in agreement with this. So all the people shall say, we agree, or all the people will basically verbally sign off mm -hmm. on this. And, and I think, um, the re let's see, for, so from what I read, the repeated demand that all the people shall say amen um, almost brings a responsibility to the people for their actions. Mm. Um, so yes, it's the, um, the responsibility of the community, but it's the responsibility of each individual person um, by all of them saying amen to 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 follow these 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 guidelines um, and what comes with them is is well curse um, and so I guess if the people are going ahead and, and doing these things that um, you're gonna there, there's yeah. that fear of curse and remember they're looking at that object lesson of those two mountains you got blessing and curse are you gonna be loyal or are you not and and then the uh, New Testament, uh, when Paul's talking to Galatians and he says, hey, anybody that preaches to you another gospel, let them be accursed. Uh, a good, it's a good harsh translation to basically say, let that person be flung from God's sight or mm -hmm. let that, um, to be very blunt about it would be like, let that person rot in hell is right. pretty much. So uh, we, we cursed, we were like, Oh, Harry Potter. And you know, like little goofy wizards and cursings and voodoo or whatever. But like to say, cursed be anybody it really is saying like, let them be cast out and, you know, tormented for all eternity. It's pretty much what they're saying here. Right. It's not a friendly curse. Be anyone who, you know, sheds the blood of the innocent. It's more like, you know, may that person be stricken from the community. Yeah. And removed. And we've seen time and time again how that is a true curse mm -hmm. uh, for the Israelites. Well, and, and some of those, some of these things may be done in secret as well. But um, thinking that you are cursed for eternity in the way that you had just described it, mm -hmm. that's kind of a big deal. So you might get away with it in the meantime. But just because you get away with it in the meantime, you said amen. You you honestly are are responsible for your own actions, whether it is seen by the people or whether it is seen by God. And I think I'd be more afraid of God seeing those things than, than man being able to see them as well. But if you look at a lot of these, a lot of these are are looking towards secret sins. Mm -hmm. The craftsman who sets up the idol in secret, the you know person who... Uh, dishonors his father mother that that could obviously be public but like moving a landmark misleading a blind man 
uh, perverts justice due to the sojourner. Like a lot of these are secret sins. Uh, obviously, adultery is a, is like a very in most cases uh, a secret sin. I mean, I know we live in a world now where it's almost flaunted in yeah. some cases, but you know that's you know more often than not a secret sin, or at least it used to be. Um, so on and so forth. Bra- they don't brag about sleeping with their dog or sheep nowadays. So, I mean, we're not there oh, yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have like, you know, strikes down a neighbor in secret, uh, so on and so forth. So these are very, uh, you know, curses the person who thinks they can get away with it in yeah. many cases. Yeah. Cause dishonoring your mother, father, moving a landmark, usually that's not necessarily done in public. Well, th- I say dishonoring your mother and father might be one of the most public ones yeah. on there. Cursing, know, so taking innocent blood. Usually, that's and what murder is done. Oh yeah, that's not time usually, quietly. I mean, right. um, see, yeah, striking down your neighbor in secret. Well, okay, it says in secret there. Yeah, that right kind of gives that <laughs> one away. Um, definitely, most sexual integrity sins. You, you know, there's again, we live in an interesting culture at this point where right. sometimes that stuff is flaunted, but Dude, most of the time, we um, it's done in secret or starts off that way. Our church is going through uh, Esther. Like we, we veered out of we. We've been in Matthew, and we veered out for a month to do Esther. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the parallels between that and like modern entertainment are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I never thought about it that way. But like just thinking about like on TV nowadays. Right now we're in summer, uh, so the big things are all those replacement reality shows that basically flaunt sexual integrity being thrown out the window mm-hmm. uh, or a lack of integrity as far as that goes. And um, I think about how, yeah, here it's like in secret, but man, we as a society are definitely seeing uh, that is a secret no more. No, no, yeah, it isn't. It isn't. <clears throat> now I feel bad about my Kentucky joke. Done in secret. Dang. No, yeah. no, that's public. That'll be oh, public. Yeah, that's pretty public, hear. yeah. Unless I edit this podcast in secret. Oh, well, cursed you. You looked at the wrong mountain. Ebal. I'm kidding. The only thing I've ever edited <laughs> out of this podcast was uh, that one accidental swear word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that was it. Okay. That was it. I had no idea that that slang meant something I as bad as it did. Was. Didn't either, yeah. I don't even remember what it was anymore, but I, I remember what it was. I do. I remember, yeah. Okay. So don't tell me because then I... No, it's better off not knowing. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> so so with that, um, we've got different types of sin. We've got, um, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Well, okay. I mean, we, we kind of started talking about... So, I mean, when we look at some of these things and we look at our current culture and our current world... Um, I don't know. What, what do you kind of think with that? Because, I mean, we talked about at least when it comes to sexual integrity. Um, I think that, like like I said, I, we see more. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to, like, get on it because I think other people have preached it and have talked about it better than better than I will. Yeah. Uh, but we're in that we're post-Christian mm-hmm. uh, as far as the society goes. And then some would even argue that. um even before we were post-Christian, we were technically post-Christian. Like, we just had this illusion that we were uh, morally more upright than what we were. But, I, you know, I would say that in the 70s and 80s America, yeah, you had more people that would, you know, worship their images in secret or try and cover it up and make it look like they are Christians and their images being uh, success or whatever their lesser gods happen to be at the time uh looks wealth 
you know, what, whatever people tend to worship at any given time. I think in the eighties you saw kind of a height of that. Um, now we, we still worship a lot of the same things just in a different way. We see more celebrity worship. Mm. Uh, we see a lot more self worship and both of those things are often, uh, uh, letting social media be a contributing factor to those. Right. Um, so we, like we're not setting that up in secret as much anymore, but uh, a lot of people think like, Oh, idol worship. That's some guy with like his little statue in his basement bowing down and, you know, or whatever. But it really is, you know, the, the appearances that we have and some people, the appearance of not caring about their appearance becomes their idol. You, right. you know, uh, we call them hipsters. <clears throat> Uh, oh no, I'm too cool for that. That doesn't affect me. It's like, well, yeah, it does. And you're giving off an image that you care about. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound all solemn in here, but there's like nothing new under the sun. No, like no. really at all. Cause we still have, I mean, we still have the, um, what is it? Uh, dishonoring father and mother. I mean, how many TV shows and that sort of thing where you make fun of moms and dads or put them down or whatever. Or like rebellion is embraced yeah. against your parents mm-hmm. because their ways are not current. Yeah. So instead of honoring them, having a conversation with them, talking with them, explaining or, you know, uh, seeking to pray with them or to fellowship with them, you see like a, a break. Right. Like, well, that, you know, so-and-so did such and such and they don't think the way I do. So they're a lesser person. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it, greed still very much a part of our culture. Oh yeah, uh, like a huge, huge. I mean, even dude, what do you think Bitcoin was? That's true. Bitcoin was greed at its finest. It was like I can make millions by uh, investing a little bit in some kind of cryptocurrency, and mm-hmm. we watched it go up and up and up and up, and then we watched it crash when people were like, "Well, how do we get our money out?" Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. And it was it was a passive income that people wanted that was supposed to be get rich quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even people are always mis- mistreating and misleading other people. I mean, um, you, you you see, again, greed very much a part of, I mean, well, I mean, what Jesus talks about how you can only work, you can't worship both God and money. Right. Um, and I think you see a lot of worshiping money in our, in our current culture, um, at least at least in the American culture, where um, it's every man for themselves and let's not help the poor, let's not help the sojourner, let's not help the widow. Um, in fact, if you're weak and broke, then that gives us even more of a good reason to go ahead and, and take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the, you know, like our, our political climate is such that there's always a group of people that one side or the other doesn't want to help. One side doesn't want to help the, the poor and the needy. The other side doesn't want to help somebody based on race or Mm -hmm. another side only wants to help people that uh, are poor, but have jobs. Right. The other side doesn't want to help anybody that has jobs, but only the poor that are without, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. there is always that like, I don't know how to put it like that segregated thinking of who deserves the help as opposed to helping all Mm -hmm. helping your neighbor, regardless of the situation or you do help somebody and they blow uh, uh, so we talk about this many times, but like uh, I have somebody who's been talking a lot about pastoral pay. Uh, so our pastor, I don't know if he got one this year. We'll probably find out at a, a member meeting, but he hasn't had a raise like in three years. Oh, wow. Like he's been working off the same level. We get that financial report and I'm starting to feel bad about this, but like we haven't worried too much because his wife uh, does have an income that helps out. And I think that we've been able to like, kind of like, oh, well, 
it's fine. Right. You know, but in reality, it is kind of a cruddy thing that we've done to this poor guy. <laughs> like mm. people aren't tithing enough to help this guy make ends meet right. sort of thing or whatever. And uh, we have this thing that like, well, you know, this is a teacher mm-hmm. um, or pastors that they're supposed to uh, not own a nice new pair of shoes because they're doing it for the ministry. Right. You're doing it for your calling mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And we get down on people about that because we don't want to give our money to help these other people because mm-hmm. it's our money. It's our greed that overtakes. It's not because we think that, Oh, it's their calling and they should be happy to do it. It's because man, they're not getting my dimes. They're not getting my nickels. Like it's so, I don't know if ir- ironic is the right word, but it's, well, I guess it's, ironic when when you think about it so like those that are serving themselves and seeking to gain more money are the very people that get more money but those that have what what they call and, and might even say oh they're notable jobs mm. um so <laughs> we don't need to go ahead and get you know that they're getting another reward they're, they're doing it well, those are the ones that get paid the least. So those that are actually helping the community and helping to support those that, that are in need or support the education or to support the ministry or whatever, those are the ones that it's like, well, they'll be okay. You know, they're getting, you know, they don't need money. It's like, well, wait a second. They, they kind of do need to eat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, as well, I think a, through how messed up that is, the more that I. I was at a church planting training years ago. And there was a pastor there that uh, was in a poor section of Portland, Oregon. And uh, but he grew up and was friends with somebody who played in the NBA. Oh, wow. And so like one day he was looking for a building and uh, found one and decided to go back to his church and talk about like, hey, there's this cool new building, blah, blah, blah. The NBA player got wind of it and like splashed down the money and bought the building for him. Oh, wow. Uh, And then. Now, this pastor was like me. He had like 6,000 kids, and uh, they had had some transportation problems, and the NBA player got wind of it and gave him a BMW. Oh. And the pastor pulled up into the church parking lot one day, and some people were walking down the street, and they're like, oh, pastor with a BMW fleecing his flock, you know, kind of like, man, he should be driving that car. That's too nice for a pastor. Like, you know, maybe... A pastor shouldn't have a a $46,000 sedan. Right. Maybe he shouldn't. But man, if somebody gives pastor a $46,000 sedan, it should be like a praise God at the end yeah, of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, now, I would never give my pastor a BMW because after the first 60,000 miles, they become incredibly unreliable oh, and very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, it is one of those where we've dictated that pastors should not wear certain brands, pastors should not drive certain cars because heaven forbid we should take care of them right we it, it, is it timothy a muzzle a muzzle we should not muzzle the ox as he treads out the grain no that was deuteronomy Dude. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you went new testament i had uh, to stick old testament sorry go on <laughs> um but like for some reason in america in this day and age and maybe in your country depending on i i look at the maps i know you guys are out there we have a lot of african listeners for some reason do we really uh like four but oh, that's wow. a lot to me that is a lot <laughs> uh but like in America, at least, we're like, oh yeah, we gotta muzzle that ox as he treads out his grain because mm-hmm. we can't, we can't have pastor, you know, yeah. wearing a sweet new pair of Nikes and having some, you know, like nice clothes and nice house or whatever for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's odd. It's very odd because we don't want, we don't want to give them the money. <clears throat> right. It's our money. And again, the more that I think about it, the more that it irritates me when I really think of like, I mean, because really, you've got those, you know, those people that are like, well. 
I work in the business world. I earn this money and, and, mm-hmm. and I've got money. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and give it to you who actually is making a bigger impact in the community. Well, we, it, it's the way we look at church. We forget that the, the church itself is supposed to be this community and the community is responsible for sustaining that community. Mm-hmm. So when the church wants to reach out and do mercy and uh, help people, it's the church that donates the money, the goods, right. the time to go out and help the people and to do mercy. When we want to have somebody that studies the scriptures, is called to teach us, and who makes it their job to pastor us and to do the heavy lifting, we have to pay for that person. And, and that's actually probably a harder job than most of those others because you're really dealing with you're dealing with people. Um, so that's one of your main jobs. And whether that's teaching um, or whether that's pastoring or whether that's counseling, you've got a lot of you have to deal with. OK, here's where I'm not going to cuss. You have to deal <laughs> with your own junk. But a pastor has to deal with everyone's junk. Um, and well, we, that's a lot to take on. We had a, a the pastor who planted our church. Um, I'm pulling this speculation from the outside. When he was like 30 to 40 people, he was pastoring everybody, which is still a lot of people. True. As the church grew, and by the time we got there, there were around 100 to 150 people. He was still trying to pastor everybody. And I think that that's what really burnt him out because he would say things before he left. He would say like, I don't want to be the number one guy on the totem pole. I want to be like the number 10 guy. Like not on the totem pole, but on the org chart. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to be the guy. He wanted to be able to pastor a group of 10 to 15 people. He wanted to preach. He he was like too empathetic and too willing to go. And I he just burned himself straight out. Well, I know we're not New Testament right here, but I mean, isn't that isn't we're whole the, council? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So. I mean, it's all one big narrative. Right. Um, but I mean, isn't that part of the idea of the eldership is is to break up that leadership? I mean, if you well, have a legit. No. OK, so you plant a church, you got 30 to 40 people. And at that time, you're probably lucky to find one other person to be an elder, which our church was. It wasn't until I want to say about three months before that pastor left that we installed the next two elders. Mm. So we had a total of two guys for about 150 people. And then oh, shortly after that, that we installed two more. Mm. Um, now we're up to six. Mm-hmm. for about 300 okay so well, we're still and, and only uh only two of those guys are paid the other ones are lay elders so they're you know working full-time jobs somewhere else mm-hmm. and people are needy it's 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 a hard job yeah yeah i, I don't envy like that part of it because no. i yeah no. I'm, ne- I'm needy mm-hmm. i need so pay pay, pay your pastors um so yeah, with that yeah i just um yeah. So do we, I guess that is chapter 27. Um, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and the amount of time that we've been doing this podcast, we have, it's not often that we finish entire chapters. We've done um, it like three times, four mm-hmm. times, you know. And chapter 28 is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly long with 68 verses. Oh. I know. And then we got. Tw- oh my gosh. There's so much, so many Hebrew notes here. Oh, really? Oh, dear. Ooh, whoa. We get into... My commentary puts notes in, like, tricky Hebrew. Okay. And it puts it... So it does the commentary, and then does the tricky Hebrew at the end of that. Yeah. And, dude, there's probably a page full. Oh, wow. And that's just for the first 12. 
Instead. Verses 1 through 12 starts here and goes through here. Look at this. And that's the tricky Hebrew. Yeah, that's the stuff that, like, they try and help you through. Like, what they're saying is this, and this is why it was translated this way and not this way, because it occurs seven other ways in the book this way, you know. So chapter 28 may, ouch, may take us a couple weeks. Um, I said the table. I'm sure that sounded good on the podcast. All right, absolutely. <laughs> so with that, um, well... Yeah, we're, All right. we're actually about at time. Okay. Not so, bad first time back. Yeah. So then we'll, well, we you will hear us in two weeks and mm-hmm. we will. Be beginning 28. Yeah, absolutely. So right, have guys. a good one. And it probably won't be June because it won't be. Okay. <laughs> It'll be July. <laughs> Maybe August. August, September. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. Sometime. Yeah. Well, because you could then listen to it. You could start listening to the podcast later and then it could be like December. Yeah, guys. Hey, until next time. (laughs) Bye.